That was CBS 34's Steve Smith reporting from the Georgia Aquarium. Next on your 9 o'clock Atlanta News Update, it's sports. Sports. Breaking news, as we've just heard, Atlanta United have lost to D.C. United. Perhaps this means we can stop covering them and return to talking about real sports. But until then, here's Colin O'Donnell with a live report. Thanks, Nick. I'm live here at the official watch party at the Singing Shillelagh Irish Pub, where we have just seen a catastrophe. Atlanta United have just been held goalless by D.C. United. I'm walking around here. They're crying children. Parents with glazed over eyes. I haven't seen anything like this since my family went to see Hotel Rwanda thinking it was a travel movie. This is a truly horrifying scene. I'm trying to find a couple of people to talk about this game. You, sir, can we talk to you for a moment? Sure, yeah. What do you think of the game today? Terrible. Terrible. Why do you say that? I mean, you had two teams with the same name. How was I supposed to tell them apart? I was... Totally confused the whole time. I still don't know who won. Quick question. Do you know who your father is? No, no. He, he left when I was very young, but uh, I've always been good, really good at home projects and really love hanging out at Home Depot. Get yourself a DNA test, buddy. I think you might be in for an inheritance. Okay, then. Uh, moving on, moving on. You, sir, can we have a moment of your time? Huh? Yeah, okay. Atlanta being held goalless. Your thoughts? That was one very strange game of football. What do you mean? They weren't wearing any protective deer or nothing. I mean, I know the president said football has changed since Kaepernick took a knee, but this seems excessive. They're even called the Falcons anymore. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'll take that mic back from you, sir. Um, good lord, what's happening here? Oh, okay, you. Yes, yes, you. Did you watch the game? You know, it was a soccer game, right? Okay, good, good. Let's get your reaction to what we saw tonight. It's a disgrace, isn't it? I think there are a few things that got to be said here, Robbie. Um, my name's Colin. Come on, Robbie, I'm, I'm going to say it now how it is, right? Two years of selling our best players, lying, telling us we'll do this, we'll do that, and then after two years, we got to put up with a team like that missing chances. Now, that's not Frank DeBoer's fault, all right? Let's get that straight. It's not Frank DeBoer's fault that they're missing chances, but the team's not good enough, Robbie, and that is his fault, right? Right, Robbie? Uh, sir, uh, my name is Colin, but do you have any optimism going into next week? Nah, nah, listen here, Robbie. Colin, it's early in the season. Do you have any optimism going it's, it's forward? It's early in the season. Yeah, you're right. But listen, listen, Minnesota United, eh? Minnesota United, who finished far below us. What have they done in the transfer window? They've rectified their problems and now they're gone. Beating Vancouver comfortably. Where, why is, why is Atlanta United Football Club starting Breck Shea? This is a professional club and he's got Breck Shea out there. This is not a Sunday league outfit. This is a professional club. It's mystifying, Robbie. I think I, do I, I guess I'm rolling with this whole Robbie thing. Okay, what would you say is needed for next week? Arthur Blank. He's got to come out here. He's got to come and see how the fans are. He's got to stop saying we got to trust the ball. Come around here and see how hurt we all are, crying. Seeing this club we've supported since we were children. We've seen it since we were children. Struggling today. It's not on, Robbie. It's not on. There's, thing, there's things here that need to be sorted out, and they're not being sorted out. 
can I just stop you there? You said that you've supported this team since you were a child. I have, yes. Let us forget the obvious question for a minute. You say that you've supported a team in Atlanta since childhood, but you have an English accent. Did did you grow up in Atlanta? Yeah, mate. Grew up in Atlanta, I did. Okay, what was your name again, sir? Just just want to make sure that we got that for the telecast. Shea bin Abraham Joseph, innit? They call me 21 Savage. Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Caleb. And I'm Notch. This week, the MLS Soccer League is back. We give you our roundup of the first match day before moving on to the latest from Europe. And we won't rag on Liverpool too much. <laughs> hey, did you guys know that yesterday they were doing buy one, get one free on Love Your Melon Hats? This is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, it I'm, cool. I'm very sad. Is that this the beginning to like a riddle or like a joke that you have? What's like, your favorite hat that you wear? Probably the one that I'm wearing right now that I purchased on Saturday from the club shop. It looks via, all woolen. It, it does. It, it it's actually surprisingly warm. Like I, I was surprised that this Minneapolis City hat was just as warm as it is. That looks like a Tom Haverford hat, black on black on black. It's gray. I mean, it's, it's a just, shade of... It's, it's like light black covered by like a charcoal. Yeah. yeah. A burnt charcoal. Basically. So like, that was a Tom Howford court right there. What about you, Caleb? What, what hat do you it like It depends best? on the temperature outside. If it's like it is now, it's the hat I'm wearing, which is a... Uh, it's a Great Northern Distillery hat. It's a beanie from a distillery in Plover. In That's where? In Plover, Wisconsin. It sounds like you made that place up. Nope, I didn't. It, it has its own county too. So, Plover but, County. Plover County. That uh, yeah, that that does not sound right. I mean, it's Wisconsin, so it does not sound right. I mean, they have a but, place called Sheboygan, which is still my favorite place name in the entire world. They've and got a favorite, place called Manitowoc. It's true, true. It's also, Manitowoc. Sheboygan, my How favorite, my favorite uh, penitentiary in the U.S. too. Very weird. Did not realize you had a list of favorite penitentiaries. Oh, yeah. Doesn't everybody? Okay, so I like my favorite oh, my favorite hat. I'm not done yet. Oh. When it's nice out, I like my snapback, my Minnesota United Pride snapback. Nice. And wear it backwards. So that is a nice hat. That is a great look on me. Yeah. Well, I just got a Patagonia trucker hat, and that's become my quick favorite. I got it for my birthday. My girlfriend bought it for me. Very Aww. nice. And it's got a little uh, bear on it with the Patagonia logo and silhouette. It's pretty great. All right, well, hey, uh, my voice throughout this episode is going to kind of go in and out. You might hear me clearing my throat in the background. That's because I was in Vancouver, and I lost my voice, screaming my head off. Maybe you saw it on TV. <laughs> I'm famous. Uh, no, I'm not. They just, you know, I was waking I, up. I me. pointed you out to my wife multiple times. I'm like, hey, I podcast with that dude. Casey Casey's met him yeah. before. I, I know, but... I, he's, just, he's just showing how little people actually do know me. So, anyway, hey, uh, let's move into our first segment of the show called Don't Look Back in Anger. In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC, and, well, this time we don't have to look forward. We can look back a little bit because it was good. We played Vancouver. We won 3-2. It was pretty great. How was that BC, bud? BC plays great stadium. 
Uh, full for this game. The You know, the tarps, they work pretty well. They cover the upper thing. It, it kind of feels like an enclosed space. Um, it's in the middle of Vancouver, so that was really nice. And the South Side are super nice people. But anyway, let's get started talking well, about yeah, the game. yeah, they're Canadian. Yeah, Four minutes in, nice. Vancouver scores. Womp womp. No, don't, don't, even, don't even pretend like you were. 2018 like, we flash again. before my eyes. I don't know. Oh no. Like, how fucking bad were the set pieces in this game? I'd, how fucking bad were they? I kind of blacked out, and apparently, according to my wife Taylor, I grabbed the nearest Iron Steel and just mark, started marching west, like northwest. Like, I was watching two Vancouver, but she had stopped me. I was like, stopped outside the building we were in. Like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa. How did this, this did in my hands? Just admit, you walked into a glass door, didn't you? Yeah, I don't know. I, there's no handle on it, so I didn't really know if it was push or pull. It was, it was weird. But Minnesota United gets a penalty. Uh, are we... Any controversy with that? No, no. No, right? He, yeah, he, he no. hits him straight in the... Almost in the nuts. I'm surprised. Yeah. Cal- Good thing Calvo already has a kid, so he doesn't worry about having one sums in, in the future. I think, you know, in the stadium, we kind of hear the... Come from <laughs> oh, kicking God. him. But anyway. It was bad. Yeah, Quintero yeah. Uh, puts, puts the ball in. Um, and Solid we're penalty. off to the races. Yeah. I mean... It, Honestly, at that point, you could tell that Minnesota was the better team, even despite not having the goal quite yet. They were just dominating open play the entire 90 minutes, really. I think we did need some time to settle in there. The first half, they really looked a little unpolished and kind of their balls kind of going all over the place. Vancouver's press was getting us, catching us off guard a little too often for my liking. But it as the game went on, we did manage to... To figure some of those moments out. Ozzy Alonso. Your thoughts? I, I wouldn't call him a revelation. We've, we've known yeah, he's this well, good. But it's weird cheering for him. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so nice. Ah, this is pleasant. Oh, man, this is yeah, awesome. Like, I, I've never thought to myself that Ozzy Alonso was so pleasant to watch. And we, But we definitely need a backup for him because he's going to be suspended multiple times this year. Yes, he will. Accumulation. <laughs> yes, he will. And I don't care. Just get on for that. Yeah, that's his job. Yeah, get all of those yellow cards and then make sure that like Colin Martin knows how to defend. Let's talk about some of the other um, new players. Metanier, I think I'm not going to be telling anyone anything new when I say that he looked really good. He looked really good, yeah. It reminded me of back when we had good fullbacks, like the best, almost the best fullbacks in the league. Back in Eddie, I saw this with Justin Davis and Tevin Venegas marauding up the wings. Calvo and Metanier. Metanier? Yeah, Metanier. Metanier. Sorry, that's hey, gonna happen. Uh, we also had this Just, new guy, Francisco Calvo, playing on the left back. <laughs> Seemed to be like kind of a natural striker. Um, shoots really well. Wondering why he's in defense, but good, good guy. Again, kind of like back to NASL days when Justin Davis was our third best goal scorer, probably in a couple of seasons there. But Calvo and Metanier going forward were great. Uh, Metanier was great defensively. How he has some chemistry with. Um, Ibarra and the shoulder on the left wing worked. Just kind of came in, kind of filled in defensively in the midfield while Calvo advanced forward, like he's want to do. I've got two thoughts about Roman. Uh, first off, I corrected you on his pronunciation, and then you went directly back to it. Did I? Yes, you did. I forgot. <laughs> yes, you did. Said already. Uh, second, the one thing that I will quibble about him, and I think this is more everyone else around him. Roman really likes a like chipped, floated aerial cross, and Minnesota does not at this point have a striker that is set up for that. 
Maybe because we traded one away back in July of last year. But um, I think if he decides to start doing some of those on the ground rather than through the air, it's going to help him out with the personnel that we've got. Um, I did really like as the game progressed, you started to see two guys, three guys pressing the goal when those crosses were coming in. Throughout the first half, the problem was that there just was not enough support for it. When you have two, three guys to mess with the center backs, that is usually where you can get the most hate with it. And throughout the second half, they really got those chances in spades. We should mention that uh, new signing Francisco Calvo left back uh, stored in front, off of... Yes, uh, he did. Great interception, passes to Romario, passes to Nutero, who is a magician, scientist, whatever you want to call him, with the ball, and put it where only Talbotter did it. Darwin is the evolution of a soccer player to perfection. Oh, okay. Come with, help with that all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we also saw Angelo Rodriguez get subbed in f- uh, late in the game. Romario Barra was playing up top for and most of the. He also scored. Kind of. It should have been known goal, but I'll take yeah. it. Sure. And uh, Angelo seems to not have figured out how to hit the target yet. No. <laughs> this year. No. Um, <laughs> there were some reports in training a couple of days before this game that Rodriguez was maybe a bit behind the rest of the team in terms of his finishing on some drills. You could see that in this game. He watched a little too much uh, Happy Dolmore this offseason and... His shooting showed. Go to your home. Go to your home. I think these goals regulation size or what? So I, I'm going to sum it up, and if you have more to add, I'm going to say you can. But I think the summing up here is that this team still looks like it's got better players, so they score more and they're better defensively. But it doesn't look like it's an organized unit yet, um, and it, it probably needs a little bit more work, in my opinion. Don't- to to kind of there there isn't that sense that when someone lays off a ball without looking that there's gonna be another player there to get it. Yeah, it'll take time. There's a lot yeah. of turnover in the first team, and that's partly why the two goals were stored: lack of communication between the back line and Vito in goal. Yeah, I I think the main thing is that the back line hasn't completely figured out shifting yet. Hey, Vancouver, who replaced something like. So I think we, we mentioned 18 on the podcast and then someone I met over there, Southsider, insisted that they had let 21 players go and only brought in 15 or something like that. Whatever. A massive amount of turnover uh, in their ranks. And they were really worried. Like, all of their fans were really worried. I think it, they worked out okay. It wasn't a, a embarrassing showing as much as it could have been. Um, a few shots going completely haywire, like Imbiom's uh, massive long long range effort but overall I think they acquitted themselves all right yeah Martin Santos is a really good coach and he has pieces that just need time yeah you can tell that they need time yeah they were even more disoriented than Minnesota was and that really showed throughout the game they did press well their press on the first second balls were it was fantastic but beyond that once you could get a touch on the ball, that's when things started to go a little bit south for them. Darwin and Francisco Calvo are in the MLS team of the week. Congratulations to them. Hey, uh, also we had Colin Martin, Dan Sinclair, 
and um, Wild on Carter Manley and Carter Manley sent to forward Madison for their preseason game this weekend instead of traveling with our team. That was weird. More not really, but that that was weird. More real game time instead of just staying in Minnesota and training. I mean, this is the benefit of having a USL reserve yeah, squad right there. Exactly. You're yeah. not traveling with a squad. Yeah. You get oh, 90 minutes instead oh, hey. of sitting on a beat somewhere. Speaking of the benefit of a USL reserve side, um, Ali Nganzi apparently oh, has yeah, signed right. for Minnesota United right, right. on loan from... Somewhere in the Czech Republic. Okay, so here is this really weird story that has popped up, um, mostly through Twitter accounts that seem to know a little bit about this whole situation. There's a team called Rainbow FC, or an outfit, I should say, that has traditionally been a pipeline for Cameroonian players to come either to America or go to Europe. And it appears like this club that Nganzi is from, MFK... Yeah, they have a ton of players from Rainbow FC that they have loaned out to other outfits. And there are a bunch of Rainbow FC players playing in USL. And so this is something of like a weird business model situation going on. And uh, I think it's Ian Fuller appears in videos on Rainbow FC's Facebook page talking about scouting players in Africa. You say this like we haven't dealt with Rainbow FC before. With Pangup and Awundi. No, just just Awundi. Pangup oh. was from a separate Cameroonian team. But. So it's it's basically kind of this, but specifically this Czech outfit turns is kind of there like get get some of these players signed to this Czech outfit and the Czech outfit loans them out. I don't really understand. I haven't figured out what the like basis for all of it is, but it's kind of. Um, an interesting thing to note. And so we got this guy on loan and we've loaned him immediately to forward Madison. And it's rather odd. But he's young, I guess. Yeah, 18-year-old Tanzanian uh, midfielder, defender, um, has been the captain of the U-17, U-20 sides. It, it seems like it's a play for Minnesota United to have his MLS rights in case he looks decent enough in Madison this it's year. It's low risk, high reward. Sure. It's very, there's no risk. It's the exact same thing that we should have done with a woundy and Pang up <laughs> last Only year. Woundy and Pang up were seven years older than this guy did. So yeah, that too. Okay, let's now move into a segment that we call the championship. But the championship is a game. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. Hey, first week of MLS. I said MLS is back. Yes, it is. And uh, Philadelphia took on Toronto in the first game of the week. And Toronto got a win, 3-1 against the Union. Toronto Whoa. in crisis, not so fast. They're, they're, Your face man, is a crisis. That oh, really hurt, man. Wow. Like, I, like, I think there was... You were in, I thought we were friends. You were in Canada 24 hours I, I, ago, I, I was and imagining you that, just dropped that bullshit. I was imagining what that being said... What the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> said to the snake mascot in the Union. It looks kind of weird. You know, I mean, remember that? They launched it last year. I, there's only one... Messed out in Philadelphia and it's gritty. Okay. None of their exists. All right. Well, um, this game opened with a penalty being awarded to Toronto, which Andre Blake saved. It was a handball penalty. It should have been given. Hit the guy's like, rib cage, but I thought it hit his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. I think if you slow it down, it does kind of look like it hits his 
upper arm to me, but again, we mm-hmm. can argue about that. Yeah. And uh, Michael Bradley, boo, 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 boo Michael Bradley. He scored boo. two on either side of the half to to give Toronto boo. two goals in there. And, 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 uh, and he actually looked good coming forward and defending, surprisingly enough. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Frowny face indeed. Yes. And uh, Jonathan Osorio then, like, he took that penalty off of Philadelphia's handball. Then he handballed in the box to give Marco Fabian his MLS's first um, first MLS goal. And uh, this was also the game where Lawrence Simon, he of turning being very old and going to Toronto in a trade that many questioned, made a goal line clearance to deny Philadelphia an equalizer. Yeah, because he can't move further than just the goal line because, you know, arthritis. <laughs> Nick DeLeon, though, getting the 93rd minute, you know, goal just to put it away for yeah. uh, for Toronto. Uh, Toronto seemingly has replaced Giovinto with uh, midfielder Alejandro Pozuelo from uh, Belgium. Gank. From Dayton, Belgium. Arguably the best player in Belgium. Uh, Dayton was knocked out of Europe earlier this month. Um, and clearly moved to Toronto. Who knows if he'll be dead, but he comes from a, some some pretty good reports say that he'll be just fine in MLS. He's much more of a midfielder than a second striker like uh, Gio. So yeah, more it's, a, it's going to be a different role, but he's... YouTube says he's fantastic. Okay. Orlando played New York City FC in Orlando, and the game ended 2-2. My first impression from this game, that guy from Univision is back. Why couldn't he just go off to, like, commentate baseball or something, you know? Hashtag Univision is bad. Uh, Less less chance of masturbating in the botch when you're watching baseball. Seriously. Also, the shells can gosh you. Here's a chance for New York. Please, no. New York might be worse than we've thought. Because Orlando still pretty bad. Orlando are not good. So James O'Connor... Orlando's head coach decided to leave both Dom Dwyer and Nani on the bench, and all I have to say to that is Nani. You know, that's it. No, yeah, no, we we, yeah. Understand, we understand the reference now. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. It just it, it's, um, it's been beaten to our heads by now. So they were both though brought in on the uh, 69th, nice, and 70th minutes respectively. Nice plus one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they played a pretty big role in this game. Uh, NYCFC opened the scoring with a 13-minute winner, 13-minute uh, goal for Ebenezer, the Scrooge of Ori. I don't know if that's his nickname, but it is now in my head. It better be. And it was from distance, beautiful goal, kind of a banger. And uh, there was a great pass in the box, let Alex Ring score the second for New York City, and that's when it all started going wrong for them. Of course it did, because NYC is coached by Dominic Torrent at this point. Like, it's... They clearly look worse. So speaking of worse, Orlando's first goal came from a something that was clearly a cross. Uh, Chris Mueller knocks the free kick over everybody's head. It bounces, catches Sean Johnson wrong-footed, goes in, and then in the 75th minute, Omaiwa Bushindairu, Dom Dwyer crosses to Nani, who knocks it in. Next time we... Actually, I think it was the other way around, by the way. I think Nani crossed Dom Dwyer who knocked it. Uh, next time we uh, assign games of people to do notes, don't give Nacho Lando. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, uh, let, come let's, on, guys. Let's reduce the anime references. Just 5% even. And uh, there was a handball 
when Dwyer headed it into Maxime Chino's lower arm, though it seemed like his arm was in a natural position, so no handball was given. All right, Columbus played New York Red Bulls. Game ended 1-1. Not too bad for a, like, Red Bulls three side. Red Bulls get the goal in the sixth minute from Andres Ivan, and then no one scores like Gaston. Sauro. He heads in the corner that uh, <laughs> the ball deflected off Murillo into the goal. So, uh, yeah. Red Bulls, uh, they almost got one back in the 76th minute, but it got called offside. And uh, Mr. Harrison, he was pretty awful. No. Knocked a bunch of chances late in the game. Awful for the team from Harrison. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And uh, at the end, the commentator had this quote, a day of celebration, a result of somewhat satisfaction for Columbus. Yeah, because they they have less shitty owners now. They won the delay and they got a hand job. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> FC Dallas played the New England Revolution. The game ended 1-1. Uh, Michael Barrios opened up the scoring uh Nice run from midfield, beats three defenders because, of course, that's what New England look like. Um, Carlos Gill is probably going to score 15 goals, despite the fact that he's only scored 10 in his professional career. This that's, is the Sp- Spaniard uh, young phenom guy who was supposed to be the next big thing but never did yeah, anything. Yeah, never really he, was, yeah he was supposed to be the Spanish Messi, and then he, he very much was not. Um, but... And now there's England. a listener being like, isn't Messi from Spain? No, he's not. <laughs> anyway, um, Carlos Gil, he's going to get 50,000 shots. Like, this is going to be a Malcolm Gladwell situation where just... <laughs> a thousand set pieces. Exactly. Like, he's going to get that many shots, and as a result, he is going to score a bunch of goals just because. Um, it, that said... New England basically look the same high press minus like any sort of technical ability to go with it. Um, FC Dallas had some chances late, um, just weren't able to capitalize on it. Uh, but they did play a bunch of their kids, which is great. Colorado the Rapids played Portland and the game ended 3-3, the coldest game in MLS history at 18 degrees Fahrenheit. That's bullshit. It's one degree colder than... The snow pinner. No, it was not. I was there. That game was negative 37 I don't know you were in Colorado. Fahrenheit. I don't know you were in Colorado on Saturday. No, no, I was at the snow pinner. Yeah, we all were. Yeah, that game was negative 37 I have the nine Fahrenheit. fingers to prove it. Hey, I mean, you know, these Colorado Rapids fans, every time we post anything about the snow opener, they're like, hey, we had the original snow game. And so this time I just want to be like, yeah, exactly. Wanking <laughs> gesture indeed. <laughs> hey, but uh, returning to a question we saw asked last year, um, guys, are Colorado good? Who I, fucking I, knows? That game was... Nobody knows after that Basically a fucking free-for-all. It was played around... Soccer at some point. It's just it, you can't take away from this game. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of goals in that team. Uh, Kai Kamara's first goal uh, was kind of a solid playmaking sort of goal. 
Um, but then VAR called a penalty. Schoberg handled it as he was falling to the ground because he was cold. No, because even though he's from Sweden, it should be yeah, used to this shit. Like, like that's how bad the ground was. A dude from Sweden didn't know how to deal with it. Uh, got a straight red for denial of a goal scoring opportunity. Uh, Diego Valeri scored the rebound after he kicked it dead straight into Tim Howard. <laughs> Everyone credited Tim Howard with a great save for that, but he parried it directly to Diego. Diego Valeri, which is a bad idea. Is that not good? No. Okay. No, that, that is a terrible, terrible thing to do. Um, Seb Blanco got the go-ahead goal right before first half stoppage time. Uh, but then Benny Failhaber, it took less than a minute after halftime to get Jeff Atnella slipped in the snow. People were criticizing his footwork there there was like two and a half inches of snow on the ground and he looked like it this game should have been postponed it like, really should have just fucking at me okay this wasn't a team's first mls game ever it should have just been postponed it, it was such a bad idea to play this game uh declan win had an own goal the rapids pretty much just uh, s- sat back and dealt with a bunch of pressure but then Andre Shinyashiki, the only Brazilian ever to be able to deal with the snow because he went to the University of Denver, um, he scored as a sub on his debut in the final minute of stoppage time. That was a fucking weird game. And the 30 fans still there went crazy. <laughs> Those were the 30 fans that would be there anyway because Colorado's stadium is in Commerce City. Yes, it is. Hey, uh, Houston... Played RSL. This game also ended with a tie, one-one. Bunch of ties this weekend. Yeah, a uh, bunch of scoring ties this weekend. Yeah, only one team didn't score. What did they lose? We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, RSL apparently has been historically bad when they go to Houston BBVA Tumpus Stadium. Uh, so a result here for them, pretty good result. Pretty good. Did, did a point in Houston, but they probably did out more. Uh, Houston down ten men by the end. Uh, Corey Baird. Slips in uh, Albert Rusnak for the first goal for RSL. Joe Willis stood on his head in this game. Wait, 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 wait. Congressman Joe Willis of Ohio? Nah, she's, he's not a real person. I don't know how to break this to you. And, he, and he's like softer than this, but... That episode was more real to me than things in my life, Caleb. I, You know what? Honestly, I wish that that episode was a lot more real than things in my life. Because that would make my life a lot better. Because <laughs> otherwise my life sucks. Hey, being self-depreciating is my character on this podcast. We're God playing, damn it, man. We're playing characters? Anyway, let's move on to Marlon Otis equalizing on the hour mark. Houston made some, had some adjustments. Looked a lot better in the second, in the second half. Um, old, man, old man Bunny at Garcia puts the ball past other old man Nick Romando, but the goal was off, disallowed for offsides. Hey, Romando's going to retire, by the way. He announced that this week. After the, the game of before, <laughs> oh. <laughs> end of the season, end of the season. Uh, wow, Matias Vero sent off a dumb fall on Yao Plata. Uh, Plata was had the ball in his own half, turning towards his own goal, and was scissor tipped down by Matias Vero. That's not Real something dumb. that you should do. Uh, RSL probably to got more of this match, but Houston held strong in the last ten minutes. LA Galaxy playing the Chicago Fire. And the game ended 2-1 to the Galaxy. All I'm going to say is, my friend Al- Alvarez better break some Mexican national team hearts because he looks really good for a 16-year-old in MLS. Yeah, we really should get him. We really yes. should get him. It's not going to happen, I think they guys. put up a second uh, statue at uh, 
uh, what is it called? These days, Stubhub Center. Uh, uh, yeah, Dignity Health, I think. Is it? They changed it? Yes, they did. Dumb. That's a terrible <laughs> name. But if they put up a second statue, it'd probably be after Malvarez because they put up the first David Beckham statue unveiled. It but, didn't look as bad as I thought it would. Galaxy's big defensive sign and Diego Polenta opened the scoring for the other team by <laughs> passing it and stranding David. Did he make a meal of it? <laughs> and CJ Swan went num, 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 and scored the goal after rounding Bainham. Though to be fair, otherwise he had a pretty gritty performance. <laughs> no, gritties in Philadelphia. How many times have we told you that, Colin? <laughs> Do you guys actually cook with any Polenta? I only cook with it for the first time last year. No. No. I'm not a huge My, fan of it, honestly. It, yeah, no. it's like, actually yeah, kind of gritty. Yeah. I, I prefer quinoa or just okay. brown rice or white yeah. rice. Yeah. I'll just make mashed potatoes if I'm looking for something that's supposed to be like slightly thinner. Anyway, uh, Chicago probably could have gotten a couple more goals. Uh, Frankowski, who is Polish, but also could have been grown up right in Chicago, um, <laughs> hit the post after a pass from Mihalovic, who's American, but not from Chicago. Or is he from Chicago? Yeah, he's probably from Chicago. That last name? Anyway. He's close enough to Chicago. <laughs> His name is Georgie. Not George. Georgie. Yeah. Um, but Alvarez, as previously mentioned, had a great game. Came out as a sub, uh, absolutely juked Katai out of his boots and pinpoint uh, Daniel Sarris. This is his forehead to equalize. Daniel Sarris barely had to move, uh, they jumped straight up in the air. Uh, Chris Pontius shot the ball off of the crossbar. Perfect strategy, just Slavon was right there to clean up the rebound. Uh, David Usted had an amazing save on Zlatan earlier before the game winner. Um, it's not what we'll remember. Zlatan's no. chest, and somehow David Usted twer- uh, torques his body. Contorts his body. I thought you were saying he twerks his body. He's standing there like twerking and the ball bangs off his butt. The best ass save I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I saved one of Zlatan's shots with my butt last year. It's pretty great. It's true. No, it's us behind the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you you didn't save shit. Hey, uh, uh, now looked good going forward. uh, Still question marks at the back, as always. We have David Bingham still in goal. You're going to be bad. Hey, Seattle played Minnesota United from 2017, FC Cincinnati, <laughs> and the game ended 4-1 to Seattle. I, I must credit Leo Bertoni with this. He made us feel really inadequate for like five minutes before I felt Seattle real bad. proceeded. I felt to real bad. <laughs> look, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> this team might not be terrible. And then they were. FC Cincinnati's <laughs> first game. Our first goal, the commentator says, that highlight's going to live forever. Uh, the whole game, not just that one goal, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a nice goal. Like, it was a good volley. Let, Do you remember real. our first MLS goal? Because I sure don't. I've, All I remember is that game ended 5-1. I Christian, vaguely remember yeah. that. I was Ramirez gets the ball at the top of the box from John Venegas. He turns around, <laughs> curls the pass to the goalkeeper into the bottom right-hand corner. Caleb and producer Nick went crazy right there. They're like, yeah. what is wrong with you, Natch? I'm the weirdest I was right there. <laughs> I was there. But the reason that I don't remember it is mainly uh, because Portland has legal weed. Anyway, um... It, 1-0 to FC Cincinnati, and then hell broke loose. Is Jordan um, Morris' nickname hell now? Um, I mean, hell is definitely real if Jordan Morris' nickname is hell. That, yeah, he's, he had a couple of goals in this game. 
she uh, two well we'll call it two because one of them uh, kind of looked like a deflection but was counted his way um i want to live in the alternate reality where that was in fact called an own goal so darwin Quintero would have gotten uh mls player of the week but uh yeah jordan morris got a brace in his first start since september of 2017 it's been a or at least first league start. It's been a ways for him to come back from first a hamstring injury, then a crucial knee injury. It's been a while. A poor man's Wando. He, um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, Nick I'm gonna, is so mad, is mad at you. And I don't care. I just want to be poking the bear. Is, no. it, is, uh, it, uh, is, it, is it any surpri- or surprise to anybody that MLCM of the week is a total, like sales job it's not actually the team of the week it's just the most popular no, players who uh, did something interesting well, uh, uh, let's, bill, let's bill, be... bill hamid who got the only shutout of the week was on the bench behind tim howard who let three in uh, tim <laughs> howard like, did that, that out there tim howard did that with 10 men for 70 minutes in the middle of a fucking and snowstorm. he still conceded three i repeat bill hamid played the champions defending champions and dave way zero so what about uh mr presmislav titan the uh Polish goalkeeper for Cincinnati. Oh, yes, um, Mr. Bond. I don't know. I did the Dr. Evil thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm mixing up horrible, womanizing British spies. Yeah. Um, that turtleneck that he had. Let's talk about that for a second. Like, dude is way too skinny to be wearing a baggy jersey you lose and a, a lot turtleneck. of turtleneck. Was, was he also wearing jeans and New Balance sneakers introducing the next iPad? <laughs> like I wanted to give him a sandwich the entire game. I was like, you look hungry. Oh well no, he just Also you look very sad because you let in four goals because your team is terrible despite playing seven defensive they players. Look, they look straight up Demodovish. In some of those sequences, <laughs> like, it was bad. Eric Alexander, what the fuck happened to him? All right, San Jose played Montreal. Montreal getting the two-one win. Um, I I was talking about this with producer Nick at Blackheart earlier. That San Jose, I really like what they're trying to do, but they are the absolute worst team to do it. Matias Almeida has them man-marking the shit out of people, trying to push them towards places where they are well-organized, but they are neither athletic enough nor good enough at ball-winning to pull off either of those things. And as a result, you can run right around them, (laughs) which is exactly what Montreal did twice in this game. Like, Nacho Piatti was able to just waltz through the lines because... There was nobody that was actually trying to guard him because they were busy man-marking somebody else instead of Nacho Piatti. Like, I, I hear he's pretty good. He's quite good. Yeah. Uh, DC, as mentioned before... Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slowly. Slowly. I want to say this. I don't like the way you're looking at me right now, Nacho. Please, please. Just, I'm, mm, Can uh, we turn up my headphones just a little bit? Close my eyes. Okay, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, please keep your pants on for this. <laughs> DC United 2. 
Atlanta United. Uh, nothing. I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm, I'm going I'm to talk to HR. Do we have an HR? I'm being told we do not have an HR. I'll, okay. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful. I, I was I was coming out. Uh, I forget where I was. <laughs> but somebody was coming out. God damn it. Of what? I, I, I remember... Asking somebody like, "Hey, what were the other results uh, today?" And um, it was beautiful. This, this, I remember somebody told me the only team that didn't score this whole week that got shut out was Atlanta United, and it just put, made all of my problems that had happened on that like trip way better. Like I was just like, you know, everything's okay. The world is a good place. You know, it was fantastic. And they didn't play well at all. No, she, they looked terrible. Carry on top. Uh, they rotated their side like crazy. Like, yeah, they did. Be fair about but that, but they didn't. Not that crazily. They still started a pretty strong lineup. Um, they didn't start their best player. I, this should also be noted. Julian Gressel. Pitti was also on the bench, I believe. Pitti was on yes. the bench, and Gressel was on the bench. But Nadby, Martinez, Duzan, Gonzalo Perez all started. It should be noted that all teams who were playing, MLS teams who were playing in the CCL, all four did not get a win. Yep. Um, it's almost like they have their priorities elsewhere. Which was bad for New York Red Bulls earlier because they got smoked 2-0. Uh, DC, again, played really well. Uh, first half probably could have been up by more. Not for some poor finishing and some good saves by Duzan. But good old Pauly Boobhats over the scoring in the first half stop time off a corner. Um, Pauly, title of him. Pauly from the neighborhood. Pauly Boobhats. I had he'll one store of, a goal and he'll waste a die for you. I had one of those uh, Atlanta people in our sketch earlier shouting, a nipple, a nipple, we were scored by a nipple, and then I didn't put that in. <laughs> you should have put that you in. You should have. Costa scored on a long shot that just wrong-footed was on. Uh, probably could have done better. But before the game, Bill Hamid said, I'm a better keeper than Brad Guzan, and he kind of proved it here, he, honestly. He really was. Um, but... Uh, what should be said is Pity Martinez came on second half. Gressel came on second half. Atlanta looked 10 times better, but Brad Shea was on the team, so they lost. <laughs> LAFC played SKC, won the game 2-1 off a very late goal. Yeah, Ramirez started, but didn't really play that well. I mean, didn't have much service, but yeah. didn't really touch the ball. So, I mean, it's tough to say. But, yeah, uh, SKC played very physically in this game, had eight yellow cards across seven players. Which means someone got sent off. That was Roger Espinosa after Surprise, a was. hilariously bad tackle on Second Mark most Anthony red K. cards in MLS history now. Hilariously bad tackle on Mark Anthony K. Um, they had gotten into it earlier in the game, kind of a soccer fight where they just yell at each other from three inches away until their teammates come and pull them apart. And like, oh, thank you for pulling me apart. I wouldn't, don't <laughs> want to fight at all. But uh, uh, Robert Sabita. Got the uh, hockey helper, I guess, on the Ten City's first goal. Uh, back pass by Lee Wynn, just hit the ref. There's no way he did it out of the way. Um, Johnny Russell to Christian Nemeth. First goal for Kansas City in the MLS this year. Um, was pretty easy for them. But Rossi equalized in second half, curling low shot to the far post. Uh, but uh, Adama Diamande? I was calling him Dio. So Dio. Ronnie James it. Dio. Yes, the ghost of Ronnie James G. Ronnie James Dio wins it for LFC in front of their entire supporters group uh, in stoppage time. Chaos reigns. Everyone's partying. And a bullet of a shot. I yeah. would feel sorry for Tim Milley if his hand got in the way. 
Hey, a bit of NWSL news before we end part one of our show. Um, first off, some health issues are keeping some notable players out of the league this year. Um, Yael Everbush uh, from Seattle Reign um, is going to suspend her playing career due to ulcerative colitis. Um, Chicago Red Stars forward Stephanie McCaffrey is also going to sit out because of a... Um, Undescribed neurological disorder. Uh, it's essentially something related to concussions. Um, quite more seriously, though, um, numerous allegations have surfaced and have been widely corroborated of some very abusive conditions at Richie Burke, the new Washington Spirit head coach's uh, most prominent gig um, coaching youth soccer. Um, numerous Kids that went through that program were apparently subjected to homophobic slurs, um, very, very abusive coaching techniques, um, all of these happening to kids. So that's great. No, it's not. Uh, That really sucks. And I I really hope the Spirit are able to sort it out. And better Washington Spirit news, they're going to host a uh, Pride Night this year, which they've refused to do for a while. Um Good and fucking finally. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's uh, let's end part one of our show. There, we'll return with more. Welcome back to part two of We Call It Soccer. First up, we got a segment called Top Lo-Fi Hits. Let's turn on YouTube, put on the sound-canceling headphones, and study latest from the U.S. lower leagues. Uh, all we really need to talk about right now is some weird Twitter drama. So the New Orleans Jesters, who are currently um, owned by the NPSL board chairman, uh, randomly followed NISA this week, as well as Cal United, who subsequently also said that they would not be participating in either NPSL or the Founders Cup. Uh, Cal United also followed NISA, yeah. just to be clear. So uh, that's all really weird. That's so the, all suggestive. They followed of, NISA, but do they like light, light NISA? <laughs> uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Jesters had previously announced that they were sitting out this year's season, I believe. Yeah, uh, which makes the whole NPSL board chairman thing even Weirder. Right. So the implication here is that both these teams are no longer going to be MPSL and have defected to NISA. The U.S. lower leagues continue to be a shit show. Hooray. Okay, let's now move into a segment that we call Keep Hope Alive. Here's to hoping for the U.S. national teams and the women go to the World Cup this summer and the men start the qualification process for theirs. This week, though, She Believes Cup. U.S. women playing Japan and England. And Brazil, and none of it was all that heartening. Um, U.S. women get a pair of 2-2 draws against Japan and England. Um, During the England game, um, the team honored historically notable women with alternate jersey names during the game. Um, Some awesome notables included Adriana French, who was starting in goal for the first time, finally, as Brianna Scurry. Uh, Tobin Heath was Doris Burke. Rose Lavelle was J.K. Rowling, which caused me to go into hysterics. And, of course, Alex Morgan was Abby Wambach. 
Um, it would have been nice had they honored those notable women uh, by not defending like garbage at times. So, yeah, um, it, the U.S. did beat Brazil 1-0 tonight. Um, Nick and I watched most of that over at Blackheart. They don't look that great right now. And it's a little bit concerning given that this was supposed to be their big tune-up, their chance to try out a couple of things, but really figure out what their lineup was going to be right before the World Cup. It's not looking that great right now. Hey, what did the French national team, men's national team do for the World Cup? They tied the U.S. men's national team. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they also showed a graphic of the record that the German national team had right before the World Cup, and it looked really similar to the U.S. women. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the England, the English did win 3-0 against Japan to win the She Believes Cup. Let's now move into a segment we call, they call it football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. They might have come up with the word, but the English don't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom. First up, Everton tie Liverpool. Nil, nil. Sarcastic applause commences. Caleb, how'd that game go? Spurs Arsenal 1-1. No, 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 no. no. This result leaves Liverpool one point behind Manchester City in the title race, which is unfortunate. Uh, Accusations of bottling it being leveled at... uh, Liverpool, this in the same week that Brendan Rodgers returned to the Premier League. We've just move on, guys. <laughs> no, no. You just said before the break with the speed things along. So let's move on to Arsenal 1, Spurs 1. <laughs> okay, fine. Holy CONCACAF game, Batman. Like at one point when Arsenal was up 1-0. I honestly thought that it was Costa Rica versus Honduras, given how physical it was, and also how few fouls were called by Anthony Taylor through the first 60 minutes. Then he started calling every single foul, and every single one of them was wrong. Uh, Spurs' goal came on a penalty given to a player who was offside, who would not have been run into had he been onside, because he would have been directly behind Shkreda Mustafi. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I, I want to blame Mustafi for this, but no. Had that player been on side, he would have been, like, directly behind his shoulder. Like, I can't even get mad at Mustafi about this. That's how bad that call was. Anyway, um, Yang missed a makeup call penalty. Uh, Danny Rose at one point went studs up into Leno's chest, got a yellow. Torreira went studs down as Rose ran into his leg, uh, gets a straight red. Unai Emery afterwards. I feel like you're editorializing this a little bit. You know, honestly, <laughs> I talked so, with want to go back Mike, and talk about Liverpool, Caleb. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. They're on. Yeah. You're doing great. Mike Deneen in in our Slack channel was also saying that this was a terribly called game. And I was like, I hate to agree with a Tottenham fan, but I agree with you. Like this was a game where every single important call was called incorrectly. City decisively beat Bournemouth one nil Manchester United beat Southampton three, two 
And uh, the interesting thing here is that Southampton was leading at halftime, but that it wasn't have been to great. Be. Uh, Watford beat Leicester 2-1, which is important because Brendan Rodgers, who? former Watford coach who left Watford to go to Liverpool, recently left Celtic to go to Leicester. Both leavings were acrimonious. And I'm, I'm uh, not aware of this first person. Game, and uh, Watford this? fans booed him. I, I don't know who this is. All right. Is he supposed to be someone important? Right. You know? Let's now move into a segment we call the Don't Call It Soccer in Brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. Champions League happened just this afternoon. Real Madrid 1, Ajax 4. The streak is over. The king is dead. Long live the king. But it's, also, don't long live the king. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah. It, it, as someone that supports Catalan independence, uh, fuck that king. In the last seven days, Real have been knocked out of the Copa del Rey, knocked out of the Champions League, and also lost all chance of winning La Liga. By losing El Clasico against Barcelona, 1-0 at home. Everything is going wrong for Real Madrid, and and I, for one, am stoked. I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, VAR kept the ball in play, then... This allowed a third goal. I'm telling you this because you're gonna see it on Twitter tomorrow if you follow Real Madrid Twitter. Like it was out, it was out, it was out. No, it's not. The ball no. is round. If you can see a little bit of grass between the ball and the line, it's because the side of the ball is wider than the bottom, so the side can still be on top of the line while the ball is beyond it. You know, geometry. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they had two really incredible goals in this game. Uh, you should watch. I think. The the um the fourth specifically by Shona, which where he knocked a free kick from near the corner spot to the far top corner of the goal, absolutely beautiful. Just imagine a couple of years ago had Minnesota United signed Lasa Shona because he was probably on like sort of DP level wages at that point. Yeah, he he was gettable two years ago from Ajax. Yeah, but then. Real Madrid would have only lost three to one. You, I want them to, more misery to be found than Real Madrid fans oh, and their team. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, fine. You should also remember that in the first leg of this game, Sergio Ramos purposely got a red card, so he'd be suspended <laughs> for this one. So he no, purposely got a yellow. Let, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so he would be suspended for this game. So he wouldn't be suspended for the next slate that they were definitely going to make it into. You fucking moron. <laughs> you pompous, arrogant asshole. Fuck off, Sergio Ramos. He was seen filming a documentary in a private box during this game. <laughs> He's like, what, what happened? Yeah. The- <laughs> Real Madrid till I die? Right. Spurs beat Dortmund 1-0. Uh, defensive laps left Harry wide open for through Boo. ball and scored. Uh, moving on to Bundesliga. Oh, poor Dortmund. What are you doing? They lost to Augsburg. Lowly Augsburg. 2-1. Couple of huge early misses from Royce and Sancho. Uh, Jidong Wan gets a massive brace on either side of halftime. Uh, Paco Alcacer got one back late, but not enough. Uh, Schalke lost to Fortuna Dusseldorf. Uh, 4-0. And they definitely missed Western Virginia in this game. Um yeah. McGladbach lost sorry. McGladbach tips Fedora, loses to Bayern five one as and Bayern's on top of the Bundesliga now, right? After nope. this no, and they're not because the, the Bundesliga uh, are not that no. head to head. Head no? to head. Yeah. It's head Bundesliga's first 
tiebreakers different from other leagues. So Bayern is actually second tied for 54 points with Dortmund. Uh, you should also mention that Augsburg, because of their win, have pulled a two-point lead to Stuttgart, which if Dortmund had done their job, Stuttgart would currently be sitting above the relegation spots. Yeah, Stuttgart did their part and winning 5-1 over Hanover, 96, who has Hanover's bottom of the Bundesliga, so the game Stuttgart should win. They're bad enough that they're going to call in Sebastian Soto and Chris Gloucester, both of whom I believe are 18-year-old Americans. Yeah. Wolfberg tied Werder Bremen 1 1. Both these teams called draw experts. John Brooks with that goal. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, La Liga, Real Madrid got beaten 1 0 by Barca. Yeah, goal by Ivan Ratic. Barca has now pulled ahead of Madrid in classical wins. Oh, just piling the misery. I love it so much. In Ligue 1, Marseille beats Saint-Étienne 2-0. Mario Balotelli scores and then has a celebration of some celebrations. He grabs a fan's phone, pulls up Instagram, starts doing an Instagram story as he's celebrating. With all his like fellow players. Did, yes. Did he get yellow carded for that? Probably should have, but probably uh, who, who, Come on, <laughs> let, let him do rules. it. No, don't yellow card Mario Balotelli for a celebration. Okay, all right, I won't. Next time I referee one of his games. Hey, uh, we're now going to move into a segment we call Confessions, where Colin confesses all he knows and you should forget. Watch this. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. These are my confessions. So, one of the things that really came up a couple of weeks ago, it's been a long time, I know. MLS's jerseys are no longer going to be sold with sleeves. In fact, you have a number of teams where... Long sleeves. Yeah, long no, sleeves. Yeah, it's not, Brent Coleman didn't like lobby the MLS board, but sleeveless is here, right? Sleeveless? Sleeveless, guys? <laughs> yeah. Like, everything is just going to be like a ripped-off muscle top. Anyway, um, so these long sleeve jerseys are uh, pretty much a thing of the past uh, with teams actually required to wear... Uh, team color associated undershirts rather than um, the full out sleeves. And I wondered why in the hell would they be erasing these people from colder climates? I mean, Minnesota, we definitely need sleeves for most of the MLS season because our climate, even though it's warming, is terrible. Then I started watching the Colorado game and it hit me. As that game progressed, you had a number of players that were wearing short sleeves. Most notably, Andre Shinishiki, who after his goal, celebrated, but definitely looked like he was in the early stages of frostbite. I'm fairly certain that this move to get rid of sleeves is in fact an erasure of teams like Minnesota and fan bases based in northern climates because they are literally trying to erase us. They are trying to cause frostbite by forcing us to wear short sleeve jerseys when it's 18 degrees outside. They are literally trying to murder us. You know what the worst part of this is? That's not even Don Garber's worst move of the week. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that one. Um, 
Okay, let's end the satire segment here and really quickly talk about the fact that Huffington Post published an article about Nazi fans in NYCFC's supporter section. And I'm not talking about, like, ambiguously conservative-sounding people or something like that. We're talking about, like, legit Nazis wearing Nazi regalia, like the Totenkopf, posting pictures with white supremacist slogans and Sieg Heils and such. And getting in fights in Brooklyn with... People of minority groups. NYCFC's response to this was, We are an inclusive group who don't allow this blah, 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 blah. This is restated a dull policy. Um, to their credit, one of their broadcasters, Ian Joy, who used to be at St. Pauli, uh, put out a much stronger statement where he said he was concerned about these reports. He would find out more from the club. And then Jonathan Tannenwald asked Don Garber for his comment on this story. And Don Garber said, and you can go read the full quote on uh, Tannen Wall's Twitter feed, but he said, to paraphrase, we can't do anything about what's, what folks do outside of the stadium. We can only enforce our policies within the stadium. This, by the way, ignores the fact that the MLS Code of Conduct explicitly states, explicitly states, very explicitly, that people can be thrown out of games for stuff that they do outside of the stadium. Not only that, that code of conduct changed two days before that interview. Yep. And uh, all I want to say is, how hard is it just to say, Nazis are bad and we don't want them at our games? You don't have to come out and be like, oh, these specific people, we're going to do blah, blah, blah. You can just say, I'm concerned about reports that white supremacists are in an organization recognized by one of our teams. Or, hell, just an organization affiliated with a team or whatever weasel word you want to use to just say, like, they're not really part of our group. But say, like, we don't want Nazis in our stadium. You don't have to freaking be careful about saying we dislike Nazis. The formal statement here at Two United Fans is that Nazis are bad, we don't like them, and they, there's no place for them in soccer, especially in Cloud City. Yeah, and absolutely not. In our circles, for sure. Yeah. I think most importantly, you can't have a safe, welcoming, inclusive space when there's people in the crowd that fundamentally want a lot of people that are in your supporters group to not be there. Yeah, just just get some courage. Stick to your values. Have some conviction. Really embarrassing for MLS and um, in front of New York City FC. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about this next week, maybe, or hopefully. Hopefully, MLS comes to its senses and decides to do something about this. But with that, it's time for us to tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. I'm at Olson 716 Also at 551, Complete Darkness. Should be out at some point soon. I'm going to pre-order it. Um, there's a offer code to $3 off. Actually, I think that expired, so never mind. Um, also for... This website, United Fans, I'm currently managing Minnesota United Info Manager in a different lead system, so don't read that. Uh, next piece should be up this week. You can find me at the attachments. Uh, you can occasionally find my writing at E Pluribus Lunum. You can also find 12,000 words, I kid you not, detailing the MLS season preview over at TunitedFans.com. Please read it. I added some fantastic photos. You can find Two United Fans at Two United Fans and TwoUnitedFans.com. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. We call it Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. Tell your friends to listen to We Call It Soccer. They can subscribe to our podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere and find it on 55.1. And with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. See you next week. Get a lozenge.